Hey everybody, it is episode 34 of MacBook Pro. This is Macklin, your adorable host. And this is my second week of not being employed. Technically self-employed, but I'm actually in the process of registering my business and going through the steps of getting my visa switched over to self-employment visa. So I'm pretty much just unemployed temporarily. Anyway, um, it's been a very nice week so far in Berlin. One of my best friends from home, who is my roommate in college, is out here visiting. He's in his office right now. They have an office out here uh, near Alexanderplatz. So that's where he's at. And I am home with all of the curtains drawn to keep my apartment cool and, and dark, like a little cave. And I just felt a bit inspired today to record an episode of the pod. I don't know why. Maybe it's because this is the best um, therapy outlet that I have. Or maybe it's just that I missed you guys because it's been an entire week. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in a good mood. You know, there's a lot of thoughts floating around my brain recently, which makes it really difficult for me to remain present. That's something that I've noticed. But I am doing my best, and I am enjoying myself. I've also been having thoughts, second thoughts, I should say, about whether or not I'm going to end up running this ultra. I've just found that the training has kind of gotten to a point now where it's overwhelming. And each week I've had to run, like for my long run, I've been assigned some distance either just under or above a marathon which is okay it's not the it's not the biggest deal in the world but i just found that this time of the year with it being you know the middle of summer and wanting to see friends and do things it's been and also obviously having the company it's just been a lot on my shoulders and for me i love running Uh, but I don't want it to ever become something that's just a chore. And so I'm just having second thoughts whether or not I want to actually do the race this year or if I just want, you know, to kind of, uh, yeah, remove it from my calendar, free up some space, and focus a little bit more on lead generation activity for my business and kind of just kick my legs up a bit more and relax. What's been really interesting for me is how over the past six years, I've never taken a break between jobs, not a meaningful break. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. I took a one month break when I was at my last company before Upper, the company before that. And um, I actually did. I took an entire month in Croatia and I just chilled. It was super nice. So you know what? I misspoke. That was That was definitely a very nice time away. But, uh, you know, I really just have not taken much meaningful vacation recently. 
I was going to take the last two weeks off after upper, but I decided to just, you know, get paid for those vacation days because I'm definitely going to need the money right now in my bank account. So yeah, I'm happy I did that. And yeah, life is, life is going swell, I would say. Um, It's just been a really eventful summer so far. And I have a lot of great things to look forward to over the next few months. And my relationship is going well, so I'm happy about that. And yeah, I guess, you know, I've just reached this new point in my life where I feel like there is a lot more stress on me than there probably has ever been. But maybe that's actually, maybe it's just that it's a different kind of stress because I actually don't think that my life is all that stressful, but it definitely feels like there's a lot of uncertainty on my shoulders. What it reminds me of is when I moved to Berlin and it was in the middle of COVID or is the beginning, I should say, of COVID and it was in 2020. All of the government agencies were thrown into chaos and information was not being shared between offices. So the the American offices um, for like the visa, I should say, like the embassy wasn't really up to speed on Germany's policies around letting people move during COVID. I mean, you can imagine this was like the first month of COVID. And I remember like I had to send in all this paperwork, the embassy had to process my application and I had to drop my passport off. And if they approved of my application, I would get a visa printed into my passport, which would allow me to travel to Germany. And while in Germany, I would have to apply for my visa officially here and then I would get my visa. Okay, so that was the situation that I was in. I had already gotten a job here in Berlin. I already had my work contract and I even had a place to live. So the day that I get to the airport, I'm pretty much shaking because I've already quit my job at Google. So there's no going back there. And I don't know if I'm going to be allowed to get on a plane to Berlin. So what ends up happening is I, they finally call me up to the counter. I hand them my plane ticket and then I also hand them my passport. And the woman looks at the plane ticket and then she looks at me and then she looks at the uh, passport and she immediately freezes and she's like, where are you going? I told her Germany. She's like, you're not allowed in Germany because of the, you know, the travel restrictions. <clears throat> I was like, I, but I have a job in Germany and I have a visa. She was like, yeah, but you're not allowed. And I was like, I was told that I am allowed. She's like, yeah, but Americans aren't allowed to fly to Germany. And I was like, look, I have a work contract. I have my visa. I have literally everything. She's like, one second. Meanwhile, my mom dropped me off at the airport and she's just waiting to hear from me because I told her I would call her if there were any problems. The woman asks me 
for my passport. So she takes the passport and she asks me for like this to show her this email that I had received from the embassy. So she takes my phone and my passport and heads upstairs to talk to a guy named Leo, who I will never forget. So she goes up there and she's like, um, you know, with him for probably, I don't know, 15 minutes. I'm so fucking stressed out. You have no idea. By the time that she returns to me, you know, I still, I'm just forcing a smile on my face to make it as pleasant as possible. So she won't give herself any reason to, you know, stop being nice to me. And she just like hands me it back, doesn't say anything for like two seconds. And then she just goes, okay, you're fine. So it's like, oh my God, thank God make my way through security as I'm walking towards the gate of the, you know, of, of the, of my flight to Berlin or to Frankfurt, I should say. There's an announcement where this, I guess like this, one of the stewardesses or attendants is like, okay, anybody that is going to Germany, that is an American citizen without a German passport, come up to the gate right now. So I walk up to the gate. There's a doctor. He has a letter. He gives it to them. They look it over and they're like, okay, you're fine. Then it's my turn. They look at my passport. They look at my visa. They look at, you know, everything that I have to give them. And they're like, you're not allowed to go come on this flight. I was like, I actually just had this exact same thing, exact same situation happen. But Leon said that I'm completely fine. Or Leo, sorry, not Leon. And they're like, one second. They call up Leo. Leo gives them the go-ahead. And I finally get on onto the plane. So I thought all my troubles were kind of behind me. I was such a fucking germaphobe at this time of my life because of COVID. I had this like, um, this travel kit where I literally just like brought rubber gloves onto a plane. I brought like this seat cover, this disinfectant. Dude, I literally looked like I was a fucking alien. I legitimately had gloves on the fucking plane and, uh, and a mask of course. And like, dude, I look like I was wearing a hazmat suit. Anyway, when we land, I get to the gate and, uh, the German, you know, police officers are at the gate. I walk up to them. I hand them the paperwork. My German is so fucking bad at this point. I literally cannot even communicate in German. So I'm trying to communicate in English and they're like, what is this? And I'm like, that's my work contract and that's my visa. And they're like, uh, I don't know if you're allowed in the country. So they did that whole thing again where they had to ask somebody else. And finally that person's like, yeah, it's fine. Let him in. And yeah, that is actually how I got here. And I don't know exactly how I got onto this topic, but I know it had something to do with um, stress. That's exactly what it was. I was super stressed out during that time because I didn't know what was going to happen. And now I find that I'm in a very similar position once again, because now my business model has to be approved by the German government and they have to be able to, you know, in good faith, give me the keys essentially uh to my own entrepreneurial future here so yeah that is that is where things currently stand i don't think it's the worst situation in the world i mean i'm already living in berlin i have an adorable dog 
the absolute worst case scenario is they say, no, your business model doesn't work. I, I draft up a new business model, which just revolves around me bringing my dog to Uban stations, which are like the subways and busking for people. And then people would probably not give me money because of my talent. They would only give me money because my dog needs the food. So we would definitely survive. I would probably make at least 20 bucks a day. So, yeah. And it's not taxable because it's under a certain threshold, I think. So, yeah, that's that's plan B right now. But I think plan A should work if I'm, unless I've completely miscalculated. So, yeah, <clears throat> as I mentioned to you guys, one of my best friends is out here right now. And I have not seen him in four years, which is crazy because we went to Michigan together for two years. He lived in my hallway. We joined a fraternity together. I was already like 21 when I joined the fraternity, somehow got into to a frat. And yeah, we became really good friends and then we eventually lived together. I feel bad for him because when we were living together, I literally was just a pig. And uh, I always had like a big pile of clothes on my bed. And yeah, I was always, you know, just messy, a messy boy. And he's more tidy, I would say. So I, I pity him, but we survived. And after after we graduated from Michigan, um, well, I, I should say after I graduated, I graduated a couple years earlier than him. He eventually, when he graduated, I guess it was in 2019, he came to my uh, my my apartment in New Jersey for a housewarming party. And that was the last time that I saw him. That must have been like November or December 2019. So having him here has just been really nice. And it brings me back to a different time of my life. But it also, it almost like closes the loop in a way where if there's a part of you that's kind of holding out, hoping that things will one day go back to you know, like the earlier time, I guess. There's a part, I think, of a lot of people who look back on their childhood or they look back on their time in college and they maybe hold out this like feeling that maybe one day things can feel that way again. But having him out here and seeing that he is just a, you know, working professional, he's a developer now, um, he absolutely crushes it. It just kind of like made me realize like, yeah, this is just how life is. You know, there is, for me now, there really is no lifeline back to college. That's it. It's different when you have maybe like a younger sibling who's in college still or friends that are a little bit younger than you, but the time has, <clears throat> the time has passed now. So I'll definitely, uh, I'm excited because I'm going to go back to my, my university in October with my girlfriend. At least that's the plan. And while we're there, we're going to go see a game, which I'm excited about. And it's, I mean, it's not the best team that we're playing. We're playing Indiana, but who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us and it'll actually be a really good game. Hopefully they don't surprise us too much because I don't want to lose to Indiana. But I think that, uh, that it'll be a fun time. Nevertheless. Now, I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, 
and I don't want to make this a political podcast by any stretch of the imagination, but as far as safety goes, I do feel so much safer in Berlin than I do feel in New York or pretty much anywhere in the U.S. One of my friends showed me a video the other day, I guess it was yesterday, of um, a guy, two guys driving around on a moped, and one person was just shooting people off the back of the moped. Like, in the same kind of way, like the DC sniper, you know, one person drove, and then there was a kid in the trunk shooting from the trunk. I really do not think about those things at all in Berlin. I feel so safe here that my problems are, in a lot of ways, my problems in Berlin are much realer. Like, it's really like the the heart of the issue that I have to confront on a daily basis. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, I'm thinking about finances, I'm thinking about my business, I'm thinking about these things, um, but I'm not thinking about, like, the safety of, you know, the safety of my, um, of myself or my girlfriend or anything like that. I think about that for my, my friends who still live in the States and my family members, but I don't think about that, like, I'm not operating within that kind of environment anymore, so it's not on the top of my mind the way that it used to be. When I was coming home from the office every day and, you know, taking the train from New York to New Jersey, I would say nine out of 10 days, maybe even more, maybe like, um, I don't know, 99 out of 100 days, I was completely without, you know, thinking about those kinds of tragedies. But then if something in the news happened, in, a, in New York or in a place that was like, you know, similar enough, then of course it would start to bring my mind to that thought where I'd say, fuck, you know, this could actually happen to me or this could happen to my family members. And I think a major reason that I don't feel unsafe in Berlin is the guns policy. So I never see guns in Germany. I don't think I've ever seen anybody with guns in Germany. I know that they exist. Um, there was even a guy that was 3D printing guns um, who died. I think it was a couple of years ago that he died. But yeah, he he was 3D printing guns and he had all of the blueprints and he uploaded them, you know, for open source so anybody could build their own guns. And we're not talking about pistols, we're talking about like machine guns. And I know that it exists, but for some reason, at least right now, I do feel like Berlin is a very safe place in that regard. Ger Germany uh, in total feels like a very safe place in that regard. And don't get me wrong, it's not that I'm like against people owning guns at all, because I don't, I don't really believe that that should that you shouldn't be allowed to have any gun. But I think it's really important, like, who actually owns the gun, like, what the process is for that person to get the gun. And then in a perfect world, I think, I mean, maybe I'm just, um, maybe I'm just out of touch, but I think in a perfect world, guns would have fingerprint scanners or some, some kind of device that identifies them so that only the person who bought the gun, who it's registered to, can use the gun. But I don't want to like live in a post-apocalyptic world either where, you know, it's like minority report or whatever. 
so yeah that is that is a, a tough situation um but it is nice to feel safe you know and i think it's something that americans don't really have at least americans that are in their 20s now maybe their early 30s and below don't really have the luxury of feeling ever since i was a kid it felt like tragedy followed us around when i was a little boy my mom was interviewing for a job at the Oklahoma, I think it's the Oklahoma State Building, the Alfred P. Murrah Building, if I'm not mistaken. And she went up for this job. She really thought she was going to get it. She ended up not getting it. And she was super upset about it. Um, you know, but she she just decided like a cup, I guess, I don't know how many weeks later, but she decided she was just going to take us for a uh, a road trip up I think we went to Tennessee or we were driving up to New York I'm not really sure but I do remember and my mom has told me this story multiple times that we stopped at a hotel for the night and while we were at a hotel um, the lady behind the counter asked to see my mom's ID and my mom handed her her Oklahoma ID and the woman looked at her like really concerned and she's like oh my god I'm so sorry you're from Oklahoma. My mom's like, yeah, I'm from Oklahoma. She's like, yeah, I'm so sorry about what happened. My mom's like, what happened? She's like, didn't you hear about that Alfred P. Murrah building? And that was the building that Timothy McVeigh blew up with a fertilizer truck. And um, what's fucked up about this story, so obviously my mom would have worked in this building. That's really fucked up. But the other fucked up thing is that I would have gone to preschool in that building. So I would have been in that building that day as well as my mom uh, when it happened. So we would have both died, most likely. Uh, a lot of children died that day. I think the uh, kindergarten or the pre-K, whatever it was, was like near the ground floor. And that's where like the truck, I think the truck was backed up into the building. So yeah, that was... Um, that was like the first thing that I felt like followed us. And then the other thing that followed us was when we moved to New York in 1999. A couple of years later, it was, you know, the attack on the Twin Towers. And that was like really crazy. And so you can imagine like from my little point of, like my little brain as a kid, I just see like where, wherever we move, like these crazy fucking catastrophes happen. And it didn't help that when we when we were living in Oklahoma, we also had tornadoes. So that that was something that I saw firsthand as well, and that's fucking terrifying. And I think for the most part, that was probably like the the only real tragedies that I saw, at least like on the mass on a mass scale, when I was a kid. You know, there were other things, of course, that happened, uh, things that happened in the news that were in nearby towns and stuff like that. But I think those are the two things that really hit home for me. So some very nice people have reached out recently and they have told me that they are still listening to the podcast one person told me, I haven't talked to this person in a very long time. Uh, it was a girl from a dating app that we never actually ended up meeting up. 
but she sent me a really nice message the other day that she listened to a new episode of the podcast and she was she was like, yeah, congrats, like everything is going super well um, for you. It seems like blah, blah, blah. Good luck with, with your new company. And my first thought was, damn, dude, I probably said some really fucking weird shit in that episode. But then my next thought was, yeah, but who the fuck cares? I say weird shit in all my episodes. So that was a good feeling. You know, I think one of the one of the lessons that I've taken away from being like from coming back to this podcast every single, you know, at least every two weeks or so is that I can exist as myself almost almost shamelessly, I would say. I'm om- I would say I'm almost at the point where I can just be myself no matter what. And I definitely do it when I'm recording the podcast. I mean, I don't I don't pretend to be somebody that I'm not. But it is definitely um it's a scary feeling sometimes when you put content out there already and there's really like nothing you can do to take it back and it's kind of just like out of your control so you know that's that's definitely something that i that i think about sometimes is uh you know how easy it would be to go back through and delete everything that I've ever put out there. But it's just kind of in my mind, it's like once you've already, once you put it out there once, you may as well keep it out there. It's not going anybody, anywhere. So yeah. <sighs> Something else that I've I've come to realize recently is that there are some YouTubers out there that I think are doing like an amazing job of being authentic with their message and just not pulling any punches whatsoever. And one of those people is Alex Hermosi and his wife, Layla. Like if you check out their channel, it might rub you the wrong way. I'm going to be honest, you know, it might be a little bit difficult to get into because you might ask yourself like, who are these people and why do they think that they're so important? But if you actually listen to the things that both of them say about running their business, I actually tend to agree with more than I disagree with, and I do really respect both of them for how they put themselves out there without hiding, especially considering like how high profile Alex Hermosi has become over the past like two years. He has a lot of um, obviously like a lot of attention, but he also has like a lot of wealth, right? And his wealth very much depends, I guess, like a lot of business depends on relationships that you have with other people and your reputation. And so it's it's admirable that they both still put themselves out there in a very authentic way, even though it could potentially rub somebody the wrong way. And that's been my strategy as well, like at least, you know, since I started this podcast is I don't I don't want to impress the wrong people. I don't really care if people who you know, people who uh, would not have actually vibed with me on a deep level, dislike me or dislike the podcast because I'm not trying to attract those people into my orbit anyway. But if somebody listens to this podcast and they feel like there is like some kind of connection between us because they listen to me and they feel similarly about, you know, the way that they see the world, then that really would excite me. And that's exactly what I'm looking for. 
By the way, I did have somebody reach out asking if uh, they could be on on the podcast as a guest. Unfortunately, uh, they just it seems like they just want to promote their book that they're writing. And I don't really want the podcast to become that. Like it would always be cool if somebody wrote a book and they're on the, the podcast and I'm able to ask them honest questions. But if they're leading with like, hey, you have a podcast, I have a book. It's like, uh, that's not really like the, the vibe that I'm going for. What I would prefer is if somebody reaches out and they go like, hey, my name is Cornelius. And for the last six months, my diet has been, you know, chicken salad wraps from Chipotle. I don't even know if Chipotle does chicken salad. Um, if somebody says, I've, I've been eating tacos for lunch and dinner every single day for the past six months. And it's caused, you know, I went to the doctor and it's caused like a terrible hole in my stomach lining. And the doctors don't think I'm going to live, but I, I can't stop eating tacos. Then, you know, there's some, there's, that's a compelling story for me. That's something I would want to dive a little bit deeper into because I love tacos. And I always wondered if the shell could actually um, screw up your stomach. So that would be the kind of person I'd be interested in. But really like jokes aside, obviously that was a joke. Um, if you think I'm like that weird, I mean, I am that weird, but if you think that that's the thing that, you know, makes me whatever, uh, I just want people who have like crazy stories. I like, I like people who are like a little bit shy of insane, but once somebody's actually crazy, then it's like, it might be a little bit more difficult for me to just like have them on the episode because then I would start to worry that maybe, you know, because they would know where I live, that maybe they'd start stalking me or, you know, they would steal my dog or something. And I actually just wanted to share a quick story that I just thought about. So like when I first moved to Berlin, there was this Hungarian girl that I met in a park. I was sitting at the park. I was using my phone as a wireless hotspot and I was working on my computer. And I'm sitting down on this bench and this girl comes up to me and she was cute. Uh, she walks up to me and she's like, hey, is anybody sitting here? And I was like, no. And she's like, okay. She sits down. I keep working. And eventually, uh, she leans over. And I think I think it was like she, she just asked me like what I was doing. And I told her what I was doing. And she was reading Harry Potter. And we just started like a, ca a casual conversation. And then at the end of the conversation, I was like, hey, can I get your number? And she was like, yeah. And she gave me your number. And then I think like maybe two days later, I went to the park again. Maybe it was the next day. I went to the park again and I'm sitting down on a bench. And this time I'm sitting down on a bench on the other side of the park. And she walks over and she sits down. She's like, hey. I was like, hey. You know, we started talking again. And it was a nice conversation. And then... Oh my God, I even have a message that I, that I sent her. Wow. Anyway, um, I'll, I'll share that with you guys in a second. So anyway, she's like chatting with me and I, I thought she was cute, 
And I remember like, yeah, she was like, oh, we should do something sometime. And I was like, yeah, for sure. But it was still COVID lockdown. It was kind of a weird time to be doing things. I'd also just gotten out of a relationship a few months earlier. So I, I said, you know, goodbye to her. And then I walked away. And then sometime like the next week, I go back to the same park and I was kind of having like weird feelings about her. I didn't really know if I was into her or not. I just felt like she was kind of like pushing a little bit more than I wanted to go in that direction. So the way that this park has these benches, like it's benches that don't have a back to them. So you can sit facing either direction of the bench. And she was facing away from the direction. Like she was facing towards the perimeter of the park and I was walking on the inside of the park. And I, and it's like a pretty tiny park. So like I'm walking past that bench and I can see her and she just looks like she's looking straight ahead. Like she hasn't moved at all. And the minute that I take like two steps past her, her head spins around. She goes, hi, Macklin. Like she was waiting for me. And it freaked me the fuck out. I was like, hey. And she's like, hey, um, you haven't texted me. I thought, I thought you wanted to go out. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. Like I, I just have a lot going on right now, which I did. I just started a new job. I just gotten out of a relationship, you know, trying to survive COVID. And she was like, oh, yeah, okay. All right. And I was like, yeah, I'm so sorry. I actually have to go. I have to jump on a call. She's like, okay, bye. Now, fast forward sometime, like maybe like three or four days later. I don't know. I go to the store. I buy bread. I'm walking home with my bread. I see her on the street. She stops me and she's like, hey, why did you ghost me? And then I kind of like drew a line and I was like, look, I don't really feel comfortable doing this. Like, it's just not really like what I'm trying to do right now. I'm sorry. Um, And, you know, I felt super uncomfortable, but I tried my best to just be, you know, polite to her. And I sent her this message that I just found in my notes. I sometimes draft them in my notes so that I can kind of phrase them better without them seeing me typing. But yeah, I said, like, I had this whole thing, you know, I said I should have been more transparent when we met. It was not my intention to lead you on. I'm not looking for anything more than friends. So if there was an expectation, I'm sorry for, you know, for leading you on. And then I go, when I moved to Berlin, I wanted a fresh start. I developed lofty goals and I've been taking some time to work on myself. I just don't feel like socializing much. So I haven't made time for my friends much either. And I'm sorry for ghosting you. Nobody deserves it. And sorry for not giving you a specific reason. And you know, for me, that was like fine. I felt like it was just burying the hatchet. And then she like sent me back this super long message and it was like super dramatic, but she was like, yeah, I shouldn't have said ghosting. I don't know why I said that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. But at that point, you know, it was already kind of done in my mind. I think that's the thing is like when you actually get a feeling that somebody, it's not that they're crazy because I would not call her crazy. I don't know her. But when somebody behaves in a way that's like almost kind of jarring because it seems like you just happen, like for instance, in this case, I bumped into her four times in three weeks and that was a lot. And I just felt like, and and there were different times of the day and I just felt like it was almost like too convenient for it to have just been 
a coincidence. And I'm not saying that she was stalking me, but it felt that way. And so that's kind of like where I would like to be shy of, like just shy of that point. Those are the kinds of guests that I want to have on the podcast are people that I feel like are a little bit wacky, but they're not going to actually start showing up at the place that I visit frequently because that would make me feel uncomfortable and I would not be comfortable having you on as a guest again if I felt like you were just going to somehow murder me or steal my dog. So anyway, better to be safe than sorry, I always say. Um, I haven't had anybody else offer to be on the podcast yet. So, you know, I'm just taking my time there, just trying to figure it out um, step by step. And I think, you know, as far as like, where I want to see this podcast go. My intention hasn't changed. It's really just important to me that I'm able to help people feel comfortable being themselves. Because like, if you're listening to this and I really mean this, you probably are such a cool person, not because, not because you're listening to my podcast, but just because you are a human being. And I think people don't give themselves enough credit for like being different and being unique in ways that make them interesting, interesting to talk to and, you know, having different hobbies than your friends. It's cool. I think it's really, really nice when you meet someone who nerds out about something, who has some kind of passion. And for me, one of the biggest turnoffs that I ever had, not even just a sexual turnoff, but just something that like would kind of put me in like a weird mind, mind space with someone was like if I met someone who actually has no interests at all, that always made me feel strange because I would just think like, what do you do if you have no interest? Like, who are you? You know, and sometimes you meet people and, you know, they they kind of just have very common interests where they like to read, they like to write. You know, like those are two of my biggest interests is reading and writing. But I'm very interested in them. And if I meet someone and I'm like, what do you like to do? And they're like, I like to watch Netflix. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that. You know, if, if that's like all they do, I'm like, okay, I don't really know what I'm supposed to say to that. It doesn't mean that they're not interesting. It just, it just doesn't seem like they are that interested in other things. And it's different if you, if you watch movies because you literally love movies, that's different. But if you just watch movies because you're just trying to pass the time, and that's, those are your only interests, I would be kind of curious, you know, like what your sex life looks like. No offense. Alrighty, moving on to the next topic. So I still don't have a producer and I don't know if I should get one. I just kind of imagine getting like a small Eastern European woman in her sixties who sits in a chair like five feet away from me and occasionally she like snaps when I say something that's like super weird or if I get off topic and if I lose my train of thought, I can look over at her and she has like this tiny little whiteboard and she writes in all capital letters, like the topic that I got lost with. So like to pick me, to remind me of where I was in the conversation so that I can, you know, keep the conversation flowing naturally. So if you know any Eastern European women, 
in their late 60s, preferably mid 70s. You know, someone who kind of reminds me of my grandma when I was growing up, even though my grandma's not Eastern European, but still, you know, she had that demeanor, I would say, kind of like a very strong resting face, I would say, and never really looked happy unless you actually engaged her in a conversation. And then you realize that she's just such a lovely human being who has so much warmth and energy. Um, But that's kind of the vibe that I would go for. I think if I had a producer, Uh, I don't know if... I don't really know what a producer is supposed to do. I don't I don't really know. But one of my friends says that my podcast is super random. And to that I say, you're right. Um, I still don't really have a response to that. And I don't want it to be scripted or something that requires me to like overly prepare. I think when I get to a point where I actually have guests on, I'll just be able to ask them questions. And that will make the conversations maybe a little bit more dynamic than me just talking to myself. But I also really enjoy talking to myself. I think it's, it's kind of fun. And one day, you know, when I'm 80 years old, I'm going to be able to listen to these podcast episodes, which is fucking mind blowing. And I will be probably so proud of myself for, you know, being brave enough to put something like this out there, whether or not people enjoy it. That is irrelevant. I also think, you know what the spotlight effect is? It's this fallacy in thinking when people believe that people care more about what they do than they actually do, that people are watching them and that they're under the spotlight, hence the name. And I think like when you create a podcast, it's an expectation that people that, that people have that they think like, oh, fuck, if I put this out there, everyone is going to see this. But what people don't really account for is A, the fact that like people don't really think about you that much or at least as much as you think that they do, and B, that there are so many other podcasts out there that it's actually like a job, like a full-time job to market a podcast and to get new listeners. I put out new episodes all the time. I don't even know how many people. I'm going to look it up right now just to just to show you guys um, what I'm talking about, how many people actually listen to the podcast. Now, uh, I'm not putting these numbers out there to impress you, and I definitely don't want to make you jealous, okay? But in the but my my followers for this podcast, my followers have not changed. In let's see how many. My followers have not changed in two months. I've had twenty eight followers for two months, and you know you might you might think to yourself, "Dang, why does this guy keep putting this podcast out if he doesn't have that many listeners?" Well, the reason is, I think when you actually enjoy doing something and you put it out there because you love it, it's it's very satisfying. It can be very satisfying. Like, like on, um, I'm going to go through my analytics. On July 10th, I had two people start an episode, but nobody actually listened to it. On July 8th, two people start an episode, but nobody listened to it. Or sorry, both people listened to enough of it. July 4th, it was 4 and 4. It was 0 on July 2nd. You know, people, they listen or they don't. It doesn't really, you know, change anything. I can't, I can't control what people decide to spend their time on. However, what I can do is I can definitely just show up every single time as myself 
and just be, you know, grateful to be here because I am. It's fun. I get to show up here and just kind of like express myself in a fun way that I don't really get to do normally. And that makes me really happy. So I hope that if you listen to this show that you realize like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm as happy to record this show as hopefully you are to listen. But even if you're not happy to listen to this show, I'm still very happy to have the opportunity to put it out there. So with that, I am going to say thank you guys. I hope that you enjoyed all of these stories that I had for you today. And if you are interested in becoming a guest on my podcast, let me know. If you're not interested, that is okay too. You can just continue listening and just let me know what you feel. And I will be here for you. Um, And if you have any suggestions, you can let me know. I'd be happy to consider them for the next episodes. All right. And also, if you're my dad and you're listening to this episode, take that. I knew you didn't go to the store for cigarettes and milk. Mom told me. No, I'm just joking. Um, But yeah, if you are my dad listening to this episode, please stop. This show is not for you. Um, maybe, maybe my brother has a podcast you can listen to, but don't listen to mine. Alrighty. Just joking guys. Uh, it's been a long ass time since I've seen my dad. It's been like, how, dude, I thought I was 22 for a second. How old am I? I'm 29. Wow. It's been 22 years since I've seen my dad. That's a long ass time. I've been working for six years. That makes me feel old been been a working stiff for six years but i graduated high school in 2011 and technically would have graduated college in 2015 but i didn't graduate until 2017 so i would have been working for eight years now if i had graduated on time that is freaking crazy i'm an old man now all right guys i'm gonna let you go and i'll catch you in the next episode peace